Hello and welcome back to the show and happy new year 2024. I'm very excited for this year. Lots of incredible things planned that I'll get onto later. However, if you're wanting to make a positive change to your life and those around you, then this is the episode for you. As you might be able to tell, I'm not feeling too good today, quite under the weather. I was quite ill over Christmas and New Year. However, I still wanted to get an episode out for you guys to help you try and make 2024 the best year yet. Before I start, by any means, I'm no expert. I'm merely talking from experiences and things I've learned and been through so far. My knowledge of these topics are always changing and might not work for you. However, I hope there is one thing that you are able to take away from today that you'll be able to add into your own life to help you create the life that you want. Thank you firstly, everyone, to those that have sent questions in. They've been honestly really helpful to help me create the content today. And as you can tell, I am on my own today. I thought I'd do something that's going to put me out of my comfort zone and challenge me to try and do something that I've never done before. Yes, I'm feeling quite nervous. However, yes, I am feeling quite excited to see where this episode goes. So let's get into it. I think probably the first thing to do is to start with a couple of questions as that will probably be the best place to lead into. How to get motivated to start again after taking time off? And the other question is, LOL, where do you start? Look, if you haven't started already, I'm wondering where to start. Make this your day one. Don't make it one day I'm going to start. Make now your day one. Don't wait for Monday. Don't wait for another time. Start right now. Because otherwise, you're, there's never going to be a good time to start. You're always going to keep putting it off to someone else. Where do you start? Depends what you're wanting to do. A lot of people focus on weight loss, focus on the scales. However, I feel we need to change that perception to more of how we feel, how we look. Focus not only on the physical side of our health, but also the mental side. A lot of people will want to get to a gym and that's great. And there's some it's a place that I love going to myself. However, you might not know what you're doing. And the best thing I did when I started out was I got myself a personal trainer. Name's Hannah Keach. Um, she was amazing. Over an eight-week period, I lost two stone in weight and I haven't looked back since. She taught me not only how to lose weight, but she taught me how to be in a gym environment on my own. And after then, I've been consistently training for years now. And people might say it's a lot of money. However, if you see it as an investment or if you compare it to what you might be spending your money on, whether it be alcohol, whether it be takeaways, whether it be treating yourself with from something from Amazon, say, and over a lifetime, it might not be a lot of money. And a PT is not necessarily something you need for two years, four years. It might just be like for me. I had Hannah for eight weeks. And over that eight week period, she taught me everything I need to know about being able to be in a gym environment on my own. One thing you might be able to do is get a gym program off a personal trainer in the gym or a gym instructor. Another great bit of advice is also go with a friend because that then takes that sort of nervous pressure of going into something in the unknown by yourself. It takes that pressure off a little bit because someone else that you go with will either be more confident in the environment or they'll be able to understand how you're feeling. 
And just by both of you being there, it will take that easy and that, that unnerve off. So definitely go with someone, get yourself a personal trainer, get someone or go with someone that knows what they're doing and will be able to teach you the ropes. Running, a lot of people ask me, how do I start running? If you're not a runner already, a great way to start might be couch to 5k. It might seem a bit patronizing for some or a bit, why am I doing this? However, you need to walk before you're able to run. If you're not even walking and getting 10k steps in each day, that's probably a good place to start, to be honest, because if you go and do what a lot of runners, when they get into it, do, including myself a few years ago, you just go and run 5Ks at 100% max effort, everything in two or three weeks, you're in agony and you've stopped and you've gone back to day one and square one again because it's not sustainable and it's not manageable. So my advice is couch to 5K or go out and do some slow runs. If you do slow runs, not only will it make your heart more effective and more efficient, but it also you'll be able to go again tomorrow because you're recovered, because you haven't burnt yourself out. And it's all about building a good base of fitness where then later down the line, you can start to add in speed work. You start to add in hill sessions. You can start to really take your running to another level. However, like I said, walk before you can run. That is, you need to get started and you need to find that consistency in that routine. Of course, in this podcast, I'm talking from a privileged point of view. I don't necessarily have many responsibilities. So for me, training is quite easy. I can be as flexible as I want. I don't have a partner. I don't have children. Okay, I have a house that I need to manage and take care of. However, again, compared to a lot of other people, I don't have massive amounts of responsibility. However, that's not an excuse because there is always adaptations that you can do, whether it's go and get a dog to help you get out walking, whether it's take your kid in the pram outside to get some steps in, whether it's you do a home workout, you get a PT to come to your house. I know a few PTs do offer that. There's always something that you can do. It's just getting that started. A lot of people don't start because either they A, don't know what they're doing, or B, they're too scared. And it's always the what ifs. What if I mess up? What if I make a mistake? What if someone criticizes me? You've got to start somewhere. And who cares what people think? All that matters is you're trying to better yourself. That's why I love the gym environment, because everybody that goes to the gym is there for the exact same reason. We are all there to better ourselves, to try and make a better version of ourselves. So yeah, my advice is get out walking, couch to 5k, home workouts, get a PT. For me, my food, a couple years ago, I got a nutritionist, his name was Liam Williams, or Williams Nutritionist, his brand's known. He taught me what I needed for my body and how my body would react to food. And he got me in incredible shape. And again, about eight weeks, eight to 12 weeks period of time, he taught me everything I need to know. So now when I'm training every single day, I know exactly what I need to put in my body to not only fuel it, but to recover and to help me get in the best shape possible. Again, a costly thing to do. However, it's a long-term investment over a short period of time. And it's something that might be really useful to you. Nowadays, a lot of people do take care of themselves, do eat well, do go to the gym. Reach out to them and ask them questions. If people take care of themselves and are working on themselves constantly, 
I can't talk for everyone, but I can I hopefully can talk for a lot of people here and saying we would be happy to help. I certainly would be. If you drop me a message and ask me, how do I eat better? How do I move more? I'd be willing to help. A lot of people overcomplicate fitness and health. It's simple as move more, eat better. I'm not going to say eat less as such because less isn't necessarily the best version and the best way to do things. Yes, we do need to be in a calorie deficit to lose weight. However, sometimes people can be easily fatigued and it can also lead to binge eating over time because they've been in such a deficit that they are struggling to maintain the energy expenditure each day. However, it's all about making little swaps. So swapping your full fat milk for a semi-skim milk, whether it's swapping out your full fat ketchup to a reduced salt ketchup, whether it's changing your full fat butter to a lighter version of butter. Sure, it might be 10, 20 calories difference. However, if you add these things up over time, they make a big difference. Again, if you're having coffees, if you're having four teaspoons of sugar in your coffee, can you change that to three for the first week? Then can you go down to two? If you're having a litre and a half of Coke each day, which some people do, can you go down to a litre? Can you then swap to a, a Coke Zero? Can you then swap to a flavour water? It's slowly making these small changes that over a long period of time all add up and all make a big difference. I think the best thing to do is probably talk about my daily routine, things I eat, and sort of hopefully inspire you to understand where you might want to start. So for me, I'll have quite a militant almost morning routine that I do every day and have done for quite a long time and it helps me set up my day. The way I sort of view my daily routines and things I do each day is you have to win the hour. Every small win adds up. So if I win that hour, I then win the day. If I win today and I win quite a few days in the week, I then win the week. If I win the week, I win the month. If I win the months, I win the years. And over time, this helps me to feel better and feel more accomplished and feel so good about myself. Again, I talk about the swaps. If you're having a sugary cereal, you might want to swap that out for a more nutritious cereal. You might want to, again, swap the full fat milk for the semi-skim milk. For me, I have overnight oats, simple as having oats, almond milk, peanut butter, chia seeds, which is what I, is classed as a superfood because it's really nutritious, and honey. I've quite a lot of honey is again, this is, I have a quite a sweet tooth and I absolutely love honey and I'd eat it for a, a long, long time. So that's the one thing I would definitely start my day. I, I start my day with that quite often. First thing I do when I wake up, glass of water. However, for me, I have electrolyte powder with it. So I have the high five electrolyte powder because overnight we sweat and we lose quite a lot of salt and electrolytes. You're supposed to have salt with your water. However, let's be real. No one wants to drink salt water in the morning. So I find having this electrolyte powder, like having the Lucozade, it starts my day right. If you can add just simply a glass of water when you wake up to help flush all the toxins out your body and help refuel your body for all the sweat and all the salt you've lost overnight, it's a great way to start. I'll then make my bed because it teaches me discipline and it teaches me routine and it sets me up for the day to then go and smash the rest of my goals. I have a skincare routine, something that I've invested a lot in lately. I had a skincare coach a few years ago and it helped my confidence massively in my skin. So I thought I'd start that again. So I've got products like cleansers, exfoliators, eye cream, moisturizer. I start my day with sun cream in the morning to finish because not only has it got moisturizer in, but 
even though you might not be able to see the sun in the morning, it can still, the UV rays can still get through to your skin and damage your skin. So I start my day also with Elevate Brain Training app. So I pay the subscription £40 for the year and it gives me five mini games. So it has reading, writing, literacy, mathematics, memory. It gives me five games every day that I play and it helps set my day up and awake my brain up each and every morning. It can also give me comparison stats against other people, like national averages, can compare my performance over time and to show me progress. And I think it's a great way to start. If you don't want to pay the subscription, you get free, free mini games each and every day, and it's a great way to start your day. I used to do ice baths, especially throughout the summer months. Um, now it's got in the winter, I replaced it with a sauna. However, every morning at half five, I used to jump in the ice bath because it really gave me that dopamine hit and not being funny. But if I can start my day with an ice bath, my day can only get better after that. I've stopped doing it throughout the winter is that dopamine, that feel good hormone. It wasn't doing it for me anymore. So I thought I'd replace it with the sauna in the evenings, which is, an, uh, again, a nice little swap where I'm still doing something. Um... I do have a cold shower every now and again because, again, it can wake you up and make you feel alert and ready for the day. And it's doing that thing that makes you uncomfortable. If you can do that one thing that makes you uncomfortable, again, your day can only get better. It can also help you lose weight um, from the, the brown fat and the cold shock proteins. Look into that a little bit more. I won't go into too much detail because it's quite a lot of detail. Um, I have a morning coffee every morning but I don't have it straight away. You're supposed to wait 90 minutes um, before you have your morning coffee. This can sort of reduce the chances of becoming dependent on the coffee and the caffeine consumption because the body relies less on its natural cortisol release. If you wait 90 minutes, it allows the body to rely more on the natural wakefulness mechanisms. Caffeine allows the adenosine levels to rise slightly, making caffeine more effective of blocking the receptors and keeping us alert throughout the day. Coffee has also been shown to lead to a longer lifespan as well. And longevity is something that I do a lot of research on and look into because why would you not want to live the longest and fullest life possible? And having just a morning black coffee, that's one way that I can do it. Then why would I not? Another thing I do in the morning is I have a mid-morning snack. So the way my sort of food works is I have breakfast, lunch and dinner. And this is the best way possible to get your, your diet in check. Simply give yourself breakfast, lunch, dinner, smaller portions, and then give yourself set snacks in between. So for me, my mid-morning snack is an apple, a couple of different nuts, so almonds, cashews, walnuts. I have some dark, just a little handful of dark chocolate, because again, longevity is, is shown to help you live a longer life, apparently, especially the higher cocoa percentages, and it's great for blood pressure. I'll then have a little sugary, low-calorie bar that's about 60, 70 calories. Lunch, something small like a few wraps, a bit of meat and a few vegetables like spinach, lettuce, peppers. A little sugary bar again, some raisins. Throughout the day, I'm mixing between water and electrolyte drinks. And then in the afternoon, I'll have a either a protein shake or a creatine monohydrate powder drink. So creatine, the body does create some creatine. However, it doesn't create the maximal amount. So I feel with creatine, it helps maintain a continuous energy supply to your muscles during intense exercise, can speed up muscle recovery, may increase muscle growth and reduce hydration. It may also help with your memory. So for me, it's kind of a no-brainer for what tastes like um, 
a bit of a fruit juice almost. It's quite a nice drink that I have each day. These supplements are merely supplements. They are not a replacement for any meals at all. I take them as an added addition to my day. So it's not replacing any meals at all. And having a protein shake is an easy way to get extra protein into your body because I know a lot of people struggle to get adequate protein in. And not only that, it helps me add another 750 milliliters of drink to my hydration each day. And dinner, again, is a small portion, nothing too heavy, nothing too big, something nutritious like uh, the chicken and rice meal, say, or a, you know, a spag bowl. Um, but again, I'm watching the portion sizes because I know that I'm not in a stage in my life where I want big portions or need big portions. So that is usually my daily routine. If I think of anything else, we'll jump back into it. However, I think now is probably a good time to get stuck into those questions. We've already touched on the where'd you start. Again, please feel free to reach out to me. I'll give anyone the time of day if they're willing and looking to better their own life. I'm more than happy to help anybody, whether it be physical or mental health please do feel free to reach out. Five-year life goals and plans. For me, I'm struggling to see the five-year plan at the minute. I'm kind of hoping that, that everything happens for a reason, sort of motto, help take my life to another level with everything I'm doing with the podcast and my running and my public speaking. I hope this will hopefully lead to more opportunities later down the line so this can always become a job for me. As for like things like I do want a family eventually as something that's sort of, sort of at the forefront of my mind or starting to become at the forefront of my mind, which might surprise a few people. Um, however, everything that's happened to me lately, having a family and being able to spend as much time with my family in the future means a well to me. So kids are sort of something I definitely do want. I would probably say in the next five years, needs to get a partner first. So, you know, I'm not putting too much pressure on myself. I've got a lot of things lined up this year for 2024. So this year, I thought I'd start on it now, actually. So I've got a five-mile run at the end of this month, looking for about 30 to 32 minutes. Basically going to find a pace and hold on to him. And then I've got the Brighton Half Marathon in February, looking for about an hour and a half to hour and 32. Again, going to find a pacer and hold on for dear life and pray. Then I've got the Manchester Marathon where I've set myself a target for my first ever marathon to run three hours, 30 minutes, which I've been putting a lot of blood, sweat and tears into this. And it's something I'm real nervous about. And it's probably the thing that I'm most nervous about this year. But I have a lot of faith in my running coach, Ruth Barker, who's been doing a lot of work from, with me. And I'm very incredibly grateful to have her, which has eased my anxieties towards this race a lot. I got that in April. I then got a 50 mile race in June in Salisbury, ultra marathon. And then I've got 100 miles in 24 hours in September in the South Downs ultra marathon again. Looking forward to both of those things, which sounds kind of crazy. However, it's all about, yes, there is a physical element to it. However, it's all about how far can you push yourself mentally. And it's going to be an exciting time to see just how far I can take myself mentally. I've been told with ultra marathons, your mind goes to a very crazy place. You have a lot of flashbacks. You have a lot of trauma that comes to the forefront of your mind. Yeah, you, you do end up in a lot of sort of mental pain as well as physical. So um, it'd be intriguing to see where my body takes itself and whether I have really dealt with everything that's happened to me over the past sort of year to two years. So yeah, that's the sort of life goals as such. I can't really speak too much, but I know I'm on the right path and I'm hoping all this that I do at the minute will take me to the place that I want to go towards. 
how do I stay motivated? I don't necessarily believe in motivation as such. Is I know motivation, if I relied purely on that, I wouldn't get everything done each day that I want to do. For me, it's all about discipline. And I say I'm lucky with all this. I've got the an internal drive and a cause behind everything that I'm doing. So all this sort of running is stemmed off me losing my mum. So it depends how you sort of want to look at it from a perspective point of view. But having a, a deep cause that you feel passionate about, that helps me stay motivated towards my goal. Um, again, booking an event like the 50 mile, the marathon helps me stay on track and keeps me training and working hard. Other than that, it's just trying to stay in the best possible physical and mental shape possible to try and help better my relationships and those around me. How do you recognize there needed to be a personal change prior to a traumatic event or did the event make you stop and hold the mirror up as it were? Wow, what a question this is, by the way. For me, I had a personal change prior to my probably most traumatic event. When I was 19, I lost two stone in eight weeks, um, like I said, with Hannah. And from then, my body's been yo-yoing. So I've, I went really skinny. I then put on a lot of muscle, but with a lot of fat. And then stripped off the fat to become muscular. And then it's just been a whole sort of fight into stay in shape, put on muscle, stay in shape, put on muscle, etc., etc., lose weight. I feel with the traumatic event that I went through of me losing my mum, it probably stemmed me working even harder uh, to the point where um, I still probably now over-exercise. And I did suffer with quite bad health anxiety when I lost my mum because of what I've seen happen to her when she went on a walk. Every I used to get like ticks and tremors. I used to get pain every now and again. I used to get chest pains. But any tick, tremor or pain that I used to experience, my brain instantly defaulted to oh my God, I'm dying to the point where I went to hospital twice because I thought I was having a heart attack when actually it was just the trauma and the PTSD from the event actually trying to take over my body and make me think that I was dying when I was actually fine. So I went through a real tough battle with that to try and get myself to a better place to tell myself that when these things would happen, I'm actually doing okay. You're absolutely fine. So that took a lot of sort of mental toll. But when it comes to the physical side of my body, I think now... It's just trying to live the longest and fullest life possible because my mum passed at 48 and I wouldn't want that happening to me. So yeah, I've, it definitely did have an effect, but I don't feel it was the whole reason that I'm now in the shape that I am. It definitely has is a contributor. However, I'd already made a positive change to my life prior to my mum passing. But again, a very good question. Thank you everyone for sending these in, by the way. It's just me talking today. So it's trying to cut up a lot of content to get out to you guys but having these questions here certainly does help and I hope that these questions and the answers I'm giving is going to tell you exactly what you need to hear or give you some inspiration so you can go away and make 2024 the most best year of your life. How to improve your mental health? Definitely work on your physical health. If you work on your physical health you will not only be more confident in yourself you'll value yourself a lot higher. People will value you a lot more which will then lead to you feeling better about yourself. Not only that, the dopamine hits, the feel-good hormones, the endorphins that get released, they help you feel better. It's a no-brainer being in shape. It really is. You, you live a stronger, happier, healthier life. So for me, get yourself in physical shape. Certainly make that a priority. When it comes to mental health, there's no one shoe that fits all. Definitely my advice is to talk to people whether it be myself, partners, friends, family, 
specialists. So I'm still in counselling now. I still have to go to therapy. But for me, rather than going to therapy for the trauma I suffered a couple of years ago, it's more I go to therapy because I go to the gym. I continuously work on myself. There's loads of different helplines out there. You have Samaritans, you have Mind, you have a Cruise for Bereavement. Uh, you can go to your local GP. They usually have mental health specialists there. Um, again, if you're struggling, please do feel free to reach out. I'm here to listen. I'm here to help. And if I can't help, I will certainly try and signpost you to the correct place possible. But yeah, definitely lean on people around you. Definitely lean on people around you. And take inspiration from those around you as well. Try and socialize as much as possible within reason. My friends are the most amazing people in this world and seeing them quite frequently makes me a lot happier and certainly adds a lot of value to my life. So definitely keep good connections around you. Talk to people and work on your physical health as much as possible. I feel all those things co collectively together will help you live the best life possible. And I hope that does answer your question. Who do I miss the most? And I'm going to go with what was the hardest part about losing my mum. So the person I miss the most, as you probably could imagine, is my mum. Because the hardest part about losing her, which links together, is the energy she used to bring to this world, to me, to my household. Definitely do struggle without her. And it's something that's really took a hit on me, especially from a motivational point of view. A lot of things I used to do, it wasn't until she passed did I actually realise that everything I do is for her to try and make her proud? Not only that, having her energy, kind-heartedness, and she was a massive safety blanket for me. So I was quite lucky as a kid. My parents allowed me to go and do a lot of a lot of things within reason. And if I made a mistake or fell over and hurt myself, they'd be there to pick up the pieces. So it really helped me develop a strong character. So now it's very much the lonely side without my mum and like I said not having that support from her and that bubbliness and that just an amazing person to have about just an amazing person so not having that here directly with me every single day this taking a real toll on me and something that I've had to really teach myself to keep going each and every day um, but yeah do I have any fears dying young and not accomplishing what I want to accomplish that's probably my biggest fear. My mum died at 48 and I don't want the same thing happening to me. This might sound quite selfish of me to say that. However, I don't feel I'm at a point where I've accomplished everything I want to. However, I do want to get to a point in my life, hopefully, where I can turn around and go, yeah, do you know what? I think I've done a lot of things where if I did anymore, it might have been unrealistic, but I can certainly go back to life going, yeah, do you know what? You might have given me the worst, but I've, I've dealt with everything and I've had a pretty good life considering. So yeah, that's probably my biggest fear. That and snakes. If you like snakes, red flag. Next question. What makes me feel accomplished? Little wins. You're probably expecting the big answer. However, each and every little win that I do each day helps make me feel accomplished. And also doing things that not a lot of people do. So a lot of people sometimes say to me, how do you do what you're doing? How do you do this? How do you do that? I can never do that. So when I spoke in front of a thousand people, a lot of people said to me, I couldn't do that. 100 miles in 24 hours, something like 0.00001% of people do it in their lifetime. Marathon, less than 1% of people. I think doing things that most people don't do or goes against the grain, I think that's what helps me feel accomplished. And doing something that makes me feel uncomfortable, like doing this episode, doing it on my own. 
it was something I wasn't sure whether or not I was going to do. However, I thought, do something each and every day that scares you, that puts you outside your comfort zone, because that's where your greatest potential is. So definitely doing something that makes you feel uncomfortable certainly does make me feel accomplished. What is your favourite quality about yourself? I'd probably say my intrinsic drive and probably my confidence and likability. I know I've just named two or three there and it probably sounds quite arrogant maybe, but I like to feel I give everyone the time of day and I give everyone that I meet a chance and I do respect everybody that I cross paths with um, till they give me a reason not to obviously. But yeah, I like to feel I get on with a lot of people my confidence to go and do the things I'm doing, that intrinsic drive to keep pushing forward, even though life sometimes will throw it my way. Someone handed me one million pounds, what would I do with it? That's a very good question. For me, I'll probably invest a lot more money into the podcast. I've already invested quite a bit. However, there's probably another level that I can take this podcast. It's just deciding whether or not to invest this sort of money. So if I had that money right now, I certainly would be pumping a lot more money into it. However, for me, even though my friends are doing amazing around me, I certainly give them some money, especially those that have been through the worst times of me and supported me through everything. I give them money just so they're all living a little bit more comfortable. They probably don't need it. However, I know a little bit might go a long way for them. So yeah, I probably would just support my friends and those around me and maybe even take everyone on a little holiday just to get away together. Yeah, that's probably that. Probably wouldn't spend too much money on myself, to be honest. Don't rely on external material items to for happiness or don't rely on other people for happiness so yeah that's what i'd do do you think you grieve for your mum or are you keeping yourself busy to avoid the process do you find keeping yourself busy helps with the process yes it does no doubt about it however you do need to deal with the trauma eventually because one day it will come out and it'll get you i don't feel like i'm distracting myself anymore so when I lost my mum in June 22, the six months after that, I just went and did the most craziest things that I could imagine. I booked every single thing every single weekend without fail. So I walked from Salisbury to Stonehenge and back. I think that was like a marathon distance. I went and climbed the O2. I went traveling around the UK. I just did absolutely everything possible to try and distract myself to make myself feel better. End of last year, I took a couple of months off work to really try and sit with everything I've been through, to try and work on myself. And in those two or three months that I took off work, I did a lot of things to try and better myself. And a lot of people were probably expecting me to sit in a room with four walls, cry, not do anything. Because I was on social media posting about doing a lot of things and a lot of people going, he's not suffering mental health. No, I am, or I was. And this is what I had to do to get myself back to work and to get myself to a better place. Mental health is an invisible thing you can't necessarily see all the time. It's, it's, a, it's a hidden, put quotation marks here, illness. So um, I definitely feel like I've dealt with everything as best as humanely possible. Of course, it's always going to hurt in the future. I just feel it hurts a lot less often now. And I've almost come to terms with a lot of stuff I've, I've been through. Um, I don't feel like I need to distract myself as much now. Um, so yeah, that's that's sort of where I'm at now. Who are the friends that inspire you and or keep you going? If you speak to me regularly, if you're working on yourself each, each and every day, if you're sending me motivational quotes, if you're sending me quotes saying you're proud of me, if you are a close friend of mine, if I follow you on Instagram, 
there is a very high chance that you inspire me and I'm entirely grateful for you. I don't follow many people for a reason because I try and keep my circle relatively small to the point that everyone around me, I take something positive away from them. I don't follow a lot of influencers or a lot of models on Instagram. The only ones I do follow, I take motivation from them because they have something that I want or want to work towards or just make my day a little bit better by seeing their videos or seeing them post about something nice. Um, so yeah, I, I, could, I could name names, but there's a very high chance that if you are close to me, if you you know, help inspire me, help keep me going, help keep me motivated, send me nice messages, swipe up to my stories, there's a very high chance that you motivate and inspire me. So if you're listening to this and you've spoken to me lately, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I love you all so very much. And I'm very grateful to have such an amazing support network in my life. What's the hardest thing you have done in your life? Other than what might be the obvious, does CPR on me mum? I could potentially say talking in front of a thousand people because I had quite a nervous breakdown before I went out and did it. I was backstage and get quite shaky, very, very nervous. Um, the second I started talking, it went like clockwork. So potentially not that. I'd definitely say it's marathon training is really taking me to a whole other level. Running, gymming five, six times a week, again, in a very privileged position to not have many responsibilities. However, it's tested me both physically and mentally to the point where I've burnt out. It's been really tough. So I'd probably say that's the hardest thing I've done is trying to go for this 3.30 marathon. But I know it's going to be worth it to raise some amazing money for Stars Appeal. And it's going to be something that's going to be almost end of chapter, close of chapter. Something I look back on forever as what an amazing accomplishment. Um, so yeah, that's that one. What is a personal legacy you want to leave yourself? Like my mum did, she simply made the world a better place. And that's what I want to do with this podcast and everything I do. I want to try and make other people's lives better. That is going to be my legacy. It's a bit of advice or a few quotes that you want to give. As Alex Hormozzi says, having the undeniable stack of proof to say you are who you say you are, that keeps me motivated. Regardless of emotions each and every day, you need to still turn up. Regardless of how you're feeling, you still need to turn up. It's better to be a warrior in a, in a garden rather than a gardener in a war. I hope that sort of makes sense to people as the point I'm trying to allude to. You should be able to be a warrior and control that in a calm situation. So if you do get put in a in a tough fight or flight scenario, you should be able to turn up hopefully and deal with the scenario as best as humanly possible. But yeah, regardless of how you're feeling today, you still need to turn up. You still need to be consistent. You still need to be disciplined and keep working on yourself and keep making your life and those around you better uncomfortable situations bring the best or worst out of you I definitely say it brings the best out of me like I said there's that fight or flight response and quite luckily although I do feel I've kind of worked on it as best as possible I do turn up and fight I definitely would say that in when my back's against the wall I do turn up I do have a little bit of self-doubt and almost uh, imposter syndrome or almost a bit of nervousness before these big things happen However, I do feel that uncomfortable situations, I do end up performing. Um, so yeah, I hope this episode for everybody has been helpful. I hope you're able to take one single thing away from this episode. Again, if you need any more help, please feel free to inbox me. Please feel free to reach out. 
if you're reaching out to work on yourself, I'm more than happy to take what time is needed to help you better your life and those around you. If you're going to do one thing this year, make 2024 the year that you can look back on and go, this was a year that I changed my life for the better. Forget about everyone else. Forget what people think of you. Do what you feel you need to do to get to where you want to be. Be selfish this year. Surround yourself with amazing people and do what makes you happy. Happy New Year, everyone. Looking forward to an amazing 2024. I've been Adam Abel. It's been my first episode on my own. I'm absolutely buzzing now. We've got amazing guests coming up soon as well. So keep an eye peeled on all our audio platforms and on the Instagram. But yeah, that's been me. I've been Adam Abel. Have a great rest of your day.